Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith, connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Sitting around the table, we've got three of our four regulars, uh, Tim and Scott and Spencer. Um, and so we're here to talk about the Baptist faith and message. Um, we've, we now come to the final episode of the Baptist faith and message series. The last one. Yeah. And it is an article on the family. Um, the family. And so uh, we've walked through the whole statement of faith of... Uh, of of the uh, the statement of faith of the Southern Baptist Convention, and so we come now to the last statement on the family, and uh, I'll I'll read just the opening line, um, a couple of sentences. It says, "God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. It is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption." So it's interesting. Um, this article. This whole statement on the family was not originally part of it, right? We've talked before about the history of this uh, of this statement of faith. It was first written in 1925, and when it was first written in 1925, this section was not in that original uh, statement. It wasn't even in the uh, they they changed it up in 1963. It wasn't in that, but it was added in 1998. Um, and then whenever they redid the final and most recent edition of this uh, Baptist Faith and Message in 2000, it was kept and uh, I think maybe modified a little bit, but base, but um, maybe adjusted uh, a bit. I don't know. You can see online, you can see all the differences, uh, all the comparisons between the various editions. So um, what I, the way I've broken it up is it, just talking about the family, um, uh, marriage, uh, the roles of husband and wife, and then also the the relationship between children and parents, and so it goes through a, a very uh, kind of a, a big overview of what the family is and uh, why it's important, and kind of gives a, a brief overview of the uh, biblical understanding of marriage, uh, parenting, children, um, and and so on. So, do you think that um, uh, the topic of what makes the what is a family? How does it function? Is that a big deal today? Is that something we need to talk about um, in our culture? If so, why or why not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely been attacked, right? More so in recent days, it seems, of what makes up a family, what makes up a marriage, what makes up a biblical marriage? All those have been discussions uh, within the church, but even outside of the church and in society. Uh, what does God ordain? What does God allow? And it's changed pretty rapidly, it seems like, uh, pretty fast pace uh, to keep up with. And so that's probably why this was inserted in, what did you say, 1998? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, probably why it was really starting to get thought about is because uh, a lot of stuff on homosexuality and different things like that was really coming to the forefront about yeah. then um, and being discussed more openly. Right. And so they felt the need that, well, we need to have something in here, what we think the family is, what we think marriage is, what we think is proper and right. Mm -hmm. uh, and they seem to even include like uh, birth because maybe <clears throat> abortion, it seems yeah. like is being addressed yeah. in this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause it's a person from conception. It says in there. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very relevant to our day and age, and it's good to have a good to have a stance on that. As you see more and more denominations going a different route, it's good to know that Southern Baptists have a pretty clear statement on the family uh, here at the end of the Baptist Faith Message. What does our family pastor think? I mean, everything that Tim just said is important. I mean, the understanding of our culture and the challenges to the family and the understanding of what the family is. I mean, I think the opening line is very true in what it said, that God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look at other human institutions like governments. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about government. God did not give us a model of government to, to create, uh, but he has communicated what the family is. Yeah. And um, the family, I mean, when you see a breakdown of the family, not just in the church, but like in, in human civilization, mm-hmm. it leads to some really dark places yeah. and some really bad things. It's bad for humanity in, in that sense. And so just the realization that like the our understanding of the family really is important, mm-hmm. um, especially, I mean, some of the things that we've talked about recently like on Sundays in terms of family worship, Yeah, I mean... You start getting into like what is the family? How do you define the family? Mm-hmm. How should how should we live that out? Um, I think even within the church, a lot of people like as I've uh, taught on the family, like in some of our Sunday school classes and things, that there's not even really a, a, a clear understanding of family structure or like what what Scripture teaches about the family or that it addresses it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it plays out in a big way in, in the way that we live out our Christian lives as part of a family. Right, <clears throat> right. So we need to focus on the family. Um, right, Tim? You know, yeah, I guess so. We need to focus on it. Um, but uh, no, I think so. I, I th- that, that statement that you pointed out, Scott, stuck out to me. The fact that it, is, it says it's not simply an or a foundational institution. It is the foundational uh, institution for society. Um, I wonder how many, um, how often we reflect upon that, that uh, the family as an institution, as a, as something that God has set up um, a, a unit of more than one person is more foundational, more essential, more important, therefore, than government than any other relation, uh, apart from obviously the church, but we're talking about creation in this world. This is the most important institution there is. And yet so often the world seems to be doing everything it can to pull that unit apart, to draw you away to a bunch of other institutions or the government, you know, being obsessed with government stuff or whatever. But this is the foundational uh, institution and unit. Um, in society, in, in human society. Um, and that is that is a good reminder um, that, and also like you said, God ordained it. God put that in place um, uh, right away. So so right away, the first thing that I, I put here on this, this little outline here is family, its origins um, or its, uh, its foundational nature, which we've talked about, but also its composition. It explicitly says and defines for us, a family is those persons who are related by marriage, so you become a family, first of all, by maybe mar- by marrying somebody else, right? Or by blood, so by being related to them biologically, or by adoption, by someone being brought into your family uh, unit. Um, so that's helping us understand 
what is the composition of a family and what is not the composition of a family? Because um, I've been listening to some, uh, well, I mean, you, you hear some some things that are even coming from uh, supposedly uh, conservative people that are conservative regarding the uh, Christian sexual ethic that maybe say, I'm, I'm a homosexual or I'm gay, but I, I know that it's wrong to act on that. And sometimes you hear little things about, well, we're redefining what a family is. So you can, you can kind of create a different type of family. And they're not saying that they believe gay marriage is appropriate, but um, you can, I don't know, maybe morph these people together into a family unit of sorts or something like that. It seems I've just kind of heard stuff about that. And I think this is important because this explicitly tells us what is the makeup of a family, who can be in a family. So... Um, I guess that's that's sad to say, but I mean, we're, we Tim talked about how things are cha- have changed. Well, they are changing right now as we speak, even aren't they as well? I mean, we're still advancing to where um, people all the time are redefining what their uh, appropriate uh, romantic or marital relationship should look like to another individual or other individuals, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so on, and so not simply in its origins and its foundational nature, but also even what a family is. We're having to struggle to remind ourselves and go back to scripture to redefine again, what, what not simply where did it come from, but what is a family? Um, Do you guys ever run into questions about that? Like what is a family even not talking about the importance, but how would you define what a family is who is in it and who's out? Do I run into that question? Yeah. Do you ever run into that question? Like, is, is your dog a part of your family, Tim? No. I know you love your dog. No, you guys are. It's not. It's not by blood, not by adoption, or it's by marriage. kind of by adoption. You adopted him. You no. adopted him. Yep, no. I see it on TV. It was, they adopted It was given to us, uh, and we didn't want it. It's gladly received. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't, I've not personally dealt with that uh, issue of incorrectly defining a family a a family like are people confused yeah but i do think it it comes into of like you know somebody who wants to be in a long-term relationship with another person but not get married yeah in terms of like a covenant marriage with that person i i think there's issues with that right because you're then going outside of god's design you're trying to have a a level of commitment that's not there outside of a covenant Right. of marriage with one another. Mm-hmm. So I, I can, I've seen examples, I think, of what you're talking about, of people mm-hmm. confused about what the family is. Um, I think I see it more so in terms of how the family is designed to function um, and confusion about that, uh, the function of the family and how members of the family relate to one another yeah. as opposed to what actually makes up our family, right. if that makes right. sense. Right, 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 Um. I don't know, it'd be interesting in the future to see because right now we are struggling with, well, we're going to go into marriage. So right now we're having to define what is the composition of an appropriate marriage. It's it's not long before if you're also starting to ask, what is the appropriate composition of a family then? Because one is the foundation of the, you know. I mean, we face it in the adoption world and in the foster care world of like, who are you going to, they want to place these children with uh, trained families uh, to support these children while they're sure. in foster care before they're reunited with their parents or whatever might happen. And so then what has 
come up is, well, what is a family? Mm. Should we adopt, you know, give this child to two women who are together or two men who are together? Um, I've seen that. Uh, and you know the courts have decided that of what they're mm-hmm. of what they're going to do. Adoption agencies having to think through that of yep. what they're going to do, especially Christian adoption agencies have had to yeah, decide. That's been a big issue. It's been a big issue. Yeah, they have to decide what they're going to do mm-hmm. um, with that. And and essentially, they might not be saying, "Well, what defines a family?" That might not be coming out, but that's what's being right. That's what it is. Right. Is right. they're defining what a family is. Right. 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 Uh, so I mean, that's kind of where I've where I've seen it. I guess of that question of like, what is a family? Not necessarily how is this family going to function, which mm-hmm. Scott kind of talked about, but and really looking at well, what makes up a a family? Mm-hmm. You know, or I've heard people say, "Well, you're not blood, but you're my family." Just and it's like a friendship, right? Uh, it's like I don't know if that's family. Either. You know, I it, you've heard that. That's probably yeah. pretty common, sure. right? From people. This is my other mom, my mm-hmm. second mom. You know, right. I had my mom, but she was like a mom to me. So we are we are family. Um, which might be a watering down than of what family is at times, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to to uh, consider um, what could what could even come down the pipe. But um, okay, so then we move on from the family, and the next part it talks about is marriage, which is really kind of the uh, foundational aspect of what a family is. Um, it's also a separate institution while also being. Uh, part of the institution, I guess, at the same time of family. So they're kind of separate, distinct, but part of it. Um, So marriage, what is it and uh, why does it exist? Um, It defines marriage as the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. Um, That is how it defines marriage. How is that different from the way in which the world, I mean, this is not going to be a hard question, but how the world defines marriage. Well, yeah, I think our mind would go to like homosexuality, but I, what Scott said too is really pre- prevalent of like two people cohabitating, they live together, but they're choosing to not get married in a spiritual sense, like under God, but also to not even do it in society to go right. to the courthouse and sign the papers to be right. legally a married couple. What is this for? It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything for our love. Right, doesn't mean anything for our commitment right. to each other. So why would we even do something like this? Or sometimes it's past hurts. They'd been married before. I'm not getting into that again. I don't want to have to deal with that again. So let's just, you know, live together. And thinking, I guess, that if all of a sudden it dissolved after seven years, it wouldn't hurt because they don't. They're not married. You don't yet. have to go back through the paperwork again. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know. I'd, yeah. I've I've even recently like um, a group of pastors. Somebody was asking advice from everyone else of like, what would you do in this situation? And there was a couple in their church who wanted to be married. Like he, they wanted him to perform a a wedding ceremony for them, but they didn't want to be um, legally married with the state. And the reason for that was because of retirement benefits, their retirement benefits would be changed. And so it's just even then like asking the question, like, is that an appropriate thing to do? You know, uh, and things like that. But it's, it, it, yeah, you see people not wanting to fall in line with you know, being recognized as being married for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I think that that is a good reminder too. What your what that question right there that marriage, um, <clears throat> and this is important for us as pastors. Marriage is an extra add on. It's not actually the core part of a pastor's job. Um, 
because actually marriage is a civil ceremony, regardless of whether it's done in a church or not. Ultimately, it's a creation ordinance. Um, so we're not like the, uh, the Roman Catholics who would believe marriage is a sacrament or like Mormons where you're sealed eternally in marriage. We don't, we don't believe that. We believe marriage is a good thing, but it's part of a, cre- it's a creation thing that happens in this world because it, it doesn't mean that we'll be married um, uh, forever. Um, so I think that's a, that's a helpful reminder to say we're, we're th- making that distinction between the, this creation and um, the new heavens and the new earth. Um, it, yeah, just, just a good reminder. Yeah, I mean, and just in terms of how does our world push against, you know, what this has said of the uniting one man, one woman, and a covenant commitment for a lifetime. I mean, obviously, the thing between a one man and a one woman is kind of the low-hanging fruit of that's easy to see that that goes against Scripture. That's what our culture is wanting. But I I think, too, what we're talking about of the um, not necessarily wanting the covenant commitment for a lifetime Mm -hmm. is— seeing marriage as optional or right. seeing it as uh, making it as easy to dissolve as possible mm-hmm. or even people like kind of what you were alluding to Tim almost like planning that this isn't going to work out at some point yeah. right like this is this as long as both of us are happy in this right now mm-hmm. we'll we'll still agree to do that but uh i think that's part of the reason why you see fewer and fewer people actually getting married mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not in our area, but like in the culture abroad is because of you just, you want to keep your options open sure. and it's, it, you, it's a lot easier to separate from one another legally when you've not been bound to mm-hmm. one another legally. Mm-hmm. But that goes against God's design for marriage, which was a, a committed covenant for a lifetime. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of makes me think about a, um. This is a really dumb illustration, but, <clears throat> but you know, marriage is an alliance that you form between another person. It's a covenantal alliance with another person to help each other through life. Um, but it reminds me of most people are like the uh, past founding fathers. They wanted to avoid entangling alliances with other governments whenever our country was started because you don't want to get entangled with all sorts of stuff. And that's the way marriage is often thought about. I don't want to be entangled with everything else. I want to be free to, you know, I want to be sovereign. And so whatever I want to do, I can do in so far, however I want to do it. And then I can, I don't have to, I don't have any, any, uh, any binding commitments, um, to another person, um, for good or for bad and, you know, in sickness and in health. Um, I don't have to do that if I don't have to. So marriage, what is it? But now it talks about why does it exist? Um, it first of all says about, it reveals the union between Christ and his church, um, which we see in uh, the book of Ephesians. But also, it, the Baptist faith and message actually follows a very traditional way of um, talking about the uses for uh, marriage. Um, it, it, and it, it says that it, does, it provides uh, a few different, three different things. It provides companionship, it provides a channel for biblical sexual expression, and it provides a means for procreation of the human race. Um, and I say that it's it's stealing something very old because the old Baptist confession from the 1600s says this, marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife. That's companionship. It was provi- for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue, in other words, for the propagation of the human race. And lastly, for preventing of uncleanness. In other words, to have a biblical sexual expression in a channel that's appropriate. 
So the Baptist faith and message is actually stealing a very, very traditional understanding of the uh, role of marriage for companionship uh, to prevent, uh, as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says that if you're burning um, in lust, you need to get married um, because that's one of the, it's, it's actually something we don't think about maybe often, but one of the appropriate uses of marriage is to provide an avenue and a channel for biblical sexual expression so that you don't deviate into unbiblical sexual expression and also a means for procreation. And sometimes today that aspect also gets lost um, in marriage. It's, I want to be married, but, um, um, and, we're, and when we say this, by the way, we're not talking about people who, who can't have children or we're not making a rule for everybody, but we're just saying your attitude, generally speaking, is some people have the attitude, well, children are just a burden and I, and I don't want them in my in my life right now or, or ever. Um, and I think that's what this is. That's what this is pushing against. Marriage is a, one of the uses and provisions and blessings of marriage, um, is, is children. Yeah. Right? One of the things that I bring out in my family discipleship class is that, I mean, the God actually commands humankind to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Like that's a directive given to, to all humankind. It's part yeah. of the creation mandate there. And obviously that doesn't mean that somebody who struggles to have children or can't have children is being disobedient to God. Right. But like you, it's, it's more of the attitude mm-hmm. of do you view children as a burden or something to be avoided mm-hmm. for the sake of other pursuits? Yeah. Well, I don't, you need to check your motives. Right. In that sense. You know, uh, you need to think about are, are my priorities the same as God's priorities mm-hmm. in this? And I don't think that says, I don't think that puts like a number that you need to try to attain on your family, I think that more so just sees, I want to try to live in line with part of the reason why God created me. Right, right. And our marriage, why God put us you know, in yeah. marriage too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why Adam needed a helper. Right. Can't procreate by himself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. Tim, good job. <laughs> I think we need to do a better job as Christians of talking about this joyfully, really. Um, about marriage, where you sound really joyful as you're talking about it right now, <laughs> he too. Sounds so yeah, uh, we need to do a better job of uh, <laughs> well, I'm sad at how bad we've done. No, <laughs> I'm sad about how bad. Uh, no, I'm pretty tired right now. Uh, I guess I, yeah, uh, I think we just need to. We so we've dug our feet in the sand against homosexuality and these things, and we're like eager to fight against it. But I just don't think we talk too highly about our spouses and our children, and talk about the blessings of that enough. And we talk about the busyness, and we talk about you know some of the struggles within marriage. Um, and this, I mean, I know we're not talking a lot about it, but it does talk about a channel for biblical sexual expression. We don't talk about that much either, and the joys within marriage or even the difficulties within marriage uh, with that. I mean, I'll hear a lot of men complain about that, but I don't hear a lot of men talk about the joys of that, of of it being with their spouse and one person for life and like the advantages of that and the safety that's in that, that the Bible gives us, what it says, uh, what we're talking about. And I just think we could do a better job with that because especially with children, you think about it with children. I mean, a lot of, I hear that more than ever. I feel like of people saying, I don't want to have kids. You know, I want to be able to travel. I want to have a career. You know, I want to have some freedom to be able to do these things. And thus 
children become a baggage. And I can look at those people and get frustrated at them, but I also wonder, well, where's that coming from? Well, it's probably coming from people like me who would complain about my kids at times, you know, and I like to think I'm doing it jokingly and that people understand that, but it must be having an impact on other people also, or, or at least the people who are saying that they don't want to have kids, the people around them, maybe that's how it's coming, coming across. And so as Christians, we have to be careful, uh, real careful with that, of how we're talking about our children, how we're talking about our, our spouses. You know, I know that's something that, uh, I need to do better at. And I try, I try to do mm-hmm. is I want to be positive about the blessing that God has given me in marriage and, and with our children. Uh, and not viewing it as as a burden, but viewing it as a blessing that God has has given us, and and really trying to be faithful to do what so many good uh, parents and stuff have told me in the past is enjoy the ride, you know, enjoy your kids where they are, and you're like, how can I do this? I'm dead tired. They won't sleep, you know, and it's like enjoy it. I promise you, you're gonna miss it one day, or you know, we're just so busy bouncing from this thing to this thing that our kids are involved in, and parents again who are older are saying. Enjoy it. I'm telling you, you need to enjoy it. And uh, I've always thought about that, and I've always tried to think, okay, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this, <laughs> you know, even like from grating my teeth or whatever. But getting to a different spot in my life now where like one of our kids is uh, a junior, will be out of school, no more no more sporting events maybe for, for him anymore. And you start to think about missed opportunities, you know, or – and so – I just think we could do better of talking about it better, uh, setting ourselves up for some better success so that it's showing the next generations the joy of of children and of having children. You know, Amanda and I have four children, and what we would hear most is, you guys are crazy for having that many kids. Why would you do that, you know? Uh, and a dog. You keep saying that. I don't. I don't care. I don't, yeah, we do. Turtle. I have a turtle and a crawdads. The crawdads. turtle eats the crawdads. We feed the crawdads to the turtle. Yeah, uh, but I just you know just want to speak well of it. But I also want to set my kids up though for success where they want that. Right. You know, so to see, oh, mom and dad are joyful in the life that they have. It seems like a good life mm-hmm. to be married and to have kids, and. How I want that, and like I, I guess I saw that in my parents because that was something I always desired, even when I was younger. It's like I want to have, a, I want to be married, and I want to have, I want to have kids, and I want to be, I want to be able to play with my kids, you know, and have fun with my kids, like I see in my parents. And so I guess they modeled it pretty well for me that it was instilled in me. Well, I want to do that to, for my kids also. I don't because mm-hmm. I mean, truthfully, there are some people who don't want to have kids. And the reason they don't want to have kids is because their parents always told them, we shouldn't have had you, <laughs> basically. I mean, they might, not, they might not come right out and say it, but their life seems so burdensome that the children notice that, right? Kids aren't dumb. And kids are like, I'm, I'm not a joy to my parent. I'm a burden. I cost them money. That's what they say all the time, how much money I cost them or whatever. And uh, I think we can just do better of speaking well about these things, speaking well about our spouse, speaking well about our children, Um so that it seems like a very enjoyable life, one that one should want and desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Sure. One of the conversations Alicia and I have had, you know, just in terms of the question of like, well, how many kids do we want to have? Like that that was a conversation like whenever we were dating. 
you know, about if we're going to get married, then we need to be on the same page with this. But just as we've been married, and especially since we've started having kids ourselves and seen our parents interact with their grandkids and see how our family, our own family when we were kids, how it's changed over the years, but also to see like how our parents interact with our, our kids. You know, we've just asked the question, like, when we're old, will we be, will we wish that we had more kids? Or will we think that we made a good choice by not having kids? You know, and just, we just kind of have talked about that thinking into the future. I'm, th- I'm thinking mainly in terms of, like, people make this choice based on what they think will make them happiest. And, like, they think it'll make them happy to not have the financial burden of children and to pursue other pursuits or to, to go after other pursuits. But the more kids you have, the better chance one of them becomes very rich. That's what and I think. Your whole family's taken yeah. care of. But yeah. what well, we, at least you are. At least, <laughs> at least but what, you are. I mean, we just have tried to observe, <laughs> to finish my thought, I know you're trying to derail it, yeah. but just <laughs> to finish my thought of, like, our kids bring so much joy to our parents. And we just try to envision a life, if God would, would bless us with this, where we are old and are able to enjoy our family and to be together as a family and to just see um, the joy that comes with having that. And, you know, just the thankfulness that God has blessed us with the ability to do that. And, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah. what would lead to the maximum amount of happiness. I, yeah, I see a, a difference in people's lives when there are children around versus no children around. Um yeah. It's interesting, though, because I do have friends who never got married or haven't had children. And you see them, you know, on Facebook, or you see them in different things, you know, and they're like, oh, we're in Colorado, you know, or whatever. Went on a golf weekend with them. And, and you could sit there and look at that, and I could be like, yeah, that would be cool. Like, I can't imagine. Me and a man have said that numerous times. I can't imagine what life would be like without kids, and it was just the two of us. Can't even imagine what that would be like. Mm. But what we found, if we're being honest, is there are times when it is just the two of us or there's times when I get to go away with some friends or she gets to go away. And while they're enjoyable, I always find myself longing to get back to the life with my wife and my kids. It's like, yeah, this was nice to get away, but it's not really all it was cra- it's cracked up to be. Like, I'm glad this isn't my my life. You know, I, I there actually is truth in the word of God in saying the blessings that kids are or the joy that's found in a marital relationship. Like it actually is, is real and there's struggles in it. There's difficulty in it. That whole commitment till the end of life can be difficult and daunting at times. But like when you sit now and you look back on however many years you've been married and kids you have, I don't regret being married and I don't regret having kids. My regrets are more so of like, I wish I would have done more with my kids or I wish I would have took more time out for it to be just me and my wife and doing these things. It It's never, oh, I should have went on more trips with just the boys or any, that's not even, doesn't even cross my mind, which, which tells me it's not that I'm weird or it tells me that there's truth in the word of God. Cause that's kind of what he says is that these things are going to be a blessing and going to be a joy. Um, I, we, we could do better. I think to speak of that more often, um, and especially with, with guys, again, we, we walk around the topic of sex, but that's a big thing for a lot of guys and the joy that's found in a, in a marital relationship of how God has designed it is a great joy, right? When it's healthy and when it is what it, 
what it should be that can't be found. The Bible is very clear. It can't be found outside of a marital relationship. And so what a lot of guys are out there searching after and sinfully searching after and they think is enjoyable, in fact, isn't the best that God has for them in that realm of, of sex. There's something much better within marriage. Uh, and that's how God designed it and planned it to be. And also in churches that are trying to promote sexual purity, I found, I don't know if you guys, I think one of the things is, is if somebody, if there's a guy that is a particularly a single male, he's a Christian and he's struggling in this area. How many times do we say you need to pray for a wife and find a wife yeah, and get married? Mm-hmm. But that's actually what Paul says to do yeah. in first Corinthians seven. Now that sounds really, I don't know, like, like to our modern ears, that sounds like that sounds really, uh, I don't know. Insensitive. Insensitive. Yeah, it sounds manufactured. It sounds manufactured, but that's exactly what Paul, I mean, that's what Paul seems to kind of generally say. You need to work towards marriage uh, because that's the God-ordained avenue. And I think one of the things we do in in our church circles maybe is we say, well, we, 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 we maybe give other advice that's good, but we also don't, we don't include that angle as well. And I think, um, uh, any number of those, you know, like that is that is one of the the channels. That's one of the ways that reasons God gave marriage. Yeah. I think. I mean, going Tim, one of the things or what you were talking about in terms of how we don't talk about it positively all the time. I mean, I'll just be honest. For me, some of the reason why maybe I don't do that so much is because I'm honestly afraid of discouraging people, because there's the there's the groups within churches who there's the the guy that doesn't want to be single but he is mm-hmm. right and so it makes it makes me conscious of like well if i talk too well about marriage or the joys of marriage or how great it is all it's going to do is make him feel bad that he's not married but he wants to be or the same thing for children the joy of children and how awesome they are and how much of a blessing they are i mean for goodness sakes it's it's really hard like the, i i found it this is just me personally this past mother's day this year i found it really hard to make a joyous you know, recognition of Mother's Day and the mothers in our congregation without also recognizing that there's a lot of ladies in our in our church that would love to have children but can't. And so it's it's almost you're yeah. afraid to talk good about it because you don't want to offend people that don't yeah. have those things yet want them. I understand that. I felt that before. But the place where I've got is this. It's unfair to those who are moms, though, to not be happy for them. Mm. That's just that's just wrong. It's like my wife who, when we watch March Madness, and she's like, "I just feel bad for the team that lost." It's no. like, feel good for the team that won, right? <laughs> they right, won, right? And it's awesome. Like that's a good thing. And so, <laughs> I don't because I another sports uh, illustration, another sports <laughs> that, illustration. But that was a different podcast. Need to start watching. This is a whole new episode. This is a whole new episode. But what I what I, I guess what I'm getting at is like so for me, I'm trying to think like uh, I don't know. I, I think that's a problem with the individual. If they're sitting in the pews and we're standing and saying, who, you know, if you're a mom, we want you to stand up. Okay. Oh, you know, today we celebrate Mother's Day. If I'm sitting in that pew as a woman who's not a mom and all I can do is look around with just anger and frustration at all these moms out there, that's a sin problem in my heart. It's not bad to lift up these people. Same with the military. If you're in the military, stand up. You know, it's like, thank you for your for your service. I'm not in the military. Why are they doing that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, and, and you don't know, maybe I'm not in the military because they said I couldn't be. 
because of something. You don't know that. And that was my dream forever. And how dare you honor them? Right. That's, that's a, that's a me problem that that's happening there. And yes, I do think we have to be cautious of that at times, but I don't want to sit there and be like, well, Tim, you, I didn't even know you had kids. You never talk about them. Yeah. I just don't want to offend anybody. Cause I don't know who doesn't have them or who'd really want to. And they don't, it's like, no, I'm not going to live my, I, they are a blessing. I want to thank God for this blessing and be thankful for it. Same way if, if somebody has a lot of money and they're rich, they shouldn't go around bragging about it. But they also don't need to be ashamed that they're rich unless they got it by ill means that they shouldn't have. But if they got it for the right reasons, good. And I should be able to look at them and say, praise God, I'm thankful that God has blessed you. Even though he hasn't blessed me like that, to that means I'm glad he's blessed you, right? And so, I don't know, I've tried to think of it, I guess, because that, it, it always happens around Christmas time. Hey, 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 don't be too joyful because there's people who's lost loved ones this year and this is the first Christmas and they're really sad. And it's like, well, yeah. And the Bible tells us to care for the widows and the orphans because there's always people hurting at all times, all seasons. And as Christians, we should care about them and love on them. But that doesn't negate the blessings that we have or even that they have. So I don't know. I, I try not to get too hung up on on that. Mm. Sorry. Well, that's that's good. I was gonna make. A I feel joke. like I went from too low to too high for you guys. I was gonna make a joke about your dog again, but I decided not to. <laughs> it's not my dog. Sorry, I was just, but I, I realized it's Jackson. I can, it's Jackson's dog. <laughs> Jackson's dog. We say that very often. He gets very mad, mad at it. It's his dog. Does he always feed it? Never, never. He takes it out in the morning. But it's really funny. This has nothing to do with family. It kind of does. Our dog rolls and stuff. That's its issue. You let it out and it rolls in dead stuff. Or I don't even know where this stuff is in our yard. And it rolls and stuff. Jackson has a horrible gag reflex with this. Stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes I have compassion and I feel bad for Jackson. But other no, times I'm like, no, 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 no. Just keep throwing up. I don't care. It's yeah. your dog. Wash him. <laughs> in the bathroom over and over. Uh, <laughs> Too bad. You wanted a dog. That's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's, and that's, uh, well, we are going to talk about children and parents quickly because we're at 38 minutes right now. But um, uh, husband and wife, it moves to marriage about equal yet distinct. Um, we've, we've done this uh, mm-hmm. stuff before. But, yeah, um, husband and wife are equal worth, equally made in God's image. But they are distinct callings. Um, so the husband is called to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He does this by providing and protecting and uh, leading uh, the family in a servant way. The wife is called to, in her role and her calling as a wife, is to submit herself graciously to the servant leadership of her husband. Uh, she should respect her husband, but also help out, help and uh, be his ally in managing the household and in uh, nurturing um, the next the next generation. So, um, anything you want to say about those roles real quick, um, before we move to parents and children? I do think we did a series on the family. I don't know yeah. what the numbers are, but where we went through all this stuff and talked yeah. about it in greater detail. Is that in detail. this podcast we did that? Or was that in a sermons you talked no, about? No, it was podcast. We did a family mm-hmm. Yeah, podcast. Scott did his thing. Yeah. 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 So you yeah. can go back and listen to that. But, um, I think it's going to be, this is in line with what was talked about back then, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, um. Yeah, uh, so husbands and uh, wives are equal callings, wonderful callings, yet distinct uh, callings as well. Uh, lastly, children and parents. Uh, the statement affirms right away that from the moment of conception, children are a blessing and a heritage uh, from the Lord. I think one of the things you get whenever you read the Bible, uh, 
you realize, um, particularly in a, in a world, um, we 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 live after um, a, that period in the you know particularly like what the 1700s, the Enlightenment. So we don't think we think we have this idea that everything in this world just kind of functions like clockwork without God's active intervention. And so what I mean, what I'm getting to this is whenever you read the Old Testament in the Bible, it may be kind of weird whenever we see people uh, wanting children and they we read about, well, the Lord opened her womb or the Lord took active interest and gave these people children. And I think that maybe is an emphasis that we we, we don't deny, but we don't appreciate like we should, that they are a gift directly from the Lord. Um, and so just remembering that from the moment of conception, uh, they are a, a blessing and they're a gift uh, from, from God and they're to be valued uh, members of, of the family. And so it talks about parents are to, uh, in, in leading their, their children, are to demonstrate God's pattern for marriage. They're to teach their children. They're to lead them. Uh, to, to make choices based on biblical truth, while children, obviously, uh, as we all know, are called to honor and obey uh, their their parents. Anything about children and parents, as we kind of wrap this up, but about the roles and the callings of being a child or to be a parent? No. <laughs> I mean, I would just go back to say that, you know, when we talk about the family as, as the church or as pastors or Christians or whoever, it's usually the low-hanging fruit of, like, homosexuality in our day that we want to try to address. But, like, really where I see, even within the church, like, those are, this, those are the issues that, you know, you can talk about the low-hanging fruit all day long and still not be in a biblical marriage yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not trying to follow through with how God has called you to live as a husband or as a wife— or as a parent to your children, you know, you, you, you need to make sure that your understanding of what you're doing and what God has called you to do is just as important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's possible for you to be in a heterosexual marriage, but still not living in God's design for marriage. Right. It's possible. Right. You know, and I just see that's, that's a lot of what Christians in the church need to be reminded of Good with point. their families. Good point. Yeah. I think that's a helpful thing. So, um, well, without further ado, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, yeah, so that's the Baptist faith and message on the family. Um, hopefully you found this helpful as we've walked through this statement of faith. They're going to be online, so you can always recheck them out and everything. Um, we're going to move on to a new series next week where we are going to, uh, well, I'll just leave you hanging. It's going to be a new series. Um, dun, dun, dun. that means he doesn't know. That means I do know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> No, that's the wrong sound effect. That was good for you, Spencer. That was the wrong sound effect. Hang on that here. This, is, this is what I was. Oh, your fairy godfather. This is what I was wanting to do. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do have a good voice for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. So, okay. All right. Well, All right. Uh, that's been a great series. Um, people are just mm-hmm. excited. Go Cardinals. Go Hey, hey, in the off season, maybe so. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and God blessed.